This episode of Let It Out is brought to you in part by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the easy-to-use online cloud accounting software, and it's about to be tax season, and you probably want to get your business into better shape. Using FreshBooks is the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly in your business. Getting started on FreshBooks is extremely simple, even if you're not a numbers person like me, and actually especially if you're not a numbers person. We're constantly juggling a million things and keeping on top of our finances creates more room for abundance in our lives. So taxes and general tracking of business finances is easy with FreshBooks, making payments is simple and easy for everyone, which equates to more money. Outsourcing the stuff you don't like is great with FreshBooks because they are like a financial assistant for your business. What I love about FreshBooks is that you can change the colors, it's really easy to use, and there's a new feature, which I really love, which is a proposal feature, which allows you to include an outline of your project, the scope of your work, your timeline, no more switching software, fussing over style and formatting, and most importantly, no more wasting your valuable time. I love FreshBooks and I really think you will too. And you might as well check it out because you can get a 30-day unrestricted free trial by going to freshbooks.com slash let it out and entering let it out in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash let it out and entering let it out in the how did you hear about us section. Thank you so much, FreshBooks. Thank you for listening and supporting the sponsors so we can keep you know, doing the podcast. Oh, and if you don't have a business, FreshBooks is still great for tracking your expenses and keeping on track with, you know, your budget and your money. So check out FreshBooks. Thank you again. Let's get to the episode. Katie, Katie, let it out. podcast you are listening to let it out with me katie dalebout i'm your host that's right and we have a guest host it's nick it's nick that's right and we are going to get to the episode very quickly because to be honest with you we're really hungry and we want to leave and go get some brunch that's correct so this is going to be brief which is good for you and us but today's episode is great i have on my friends abby and cassinia and we talk all sorts of things. Abby, it's her first time on the podcast. Ksenia did the podcast a million years ago, and that episode will be in the show notes if you want to learn more about her and Breakfast Criminals. And this week we talk a bit about them and how they became entrepreneurs and how they collaborated on a project together. And it's an interesting, cool episode we recorded a really long time ago in my apartment, actually. Mm. First one in this apartment. Wow. Yeah. Are you going to listen to it? I am. Cool. Learn about bowls. <laughs> no, that's, no. We don't really talk about you bowls. You don't know about bowls? No. Oh. But you are Seems thinking like of Breakfast Criminals. Uh-huh. And in that first episode, we probably talked okay. about bowls. You like bowls. I love bowls. How do you feel about bowls? I'm a big fan of bowls. <laughs> I didn't know they were a thing until you showed them to me. Yeah. And now I like granola and fruit blended into a decorative, pretty thing. Yeah. Who wouldn't nice. like it? I know. Okay. We got some questions in the listener Facebook group. It's one of my favorite places on the internet. Definitely my favorite place on Facebook. Yeah, you gotta join it. Yeah, you're not in it. I'm not. No. I don't think I'm allowed to be. No, it's I kind of like yeah. 
no boys too... allowed kind no, of thing? No, there can be boys. I just, you, we'll talk about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we got some questions. Because it's, val- oh, it's Happy Valentine's Day. Happy, Happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, it's right. It's today. Because this yeah. is coming up. Yeah. And we aren't together for Valentine's no. Day. So we are on this podcast. That's, That's right. So oh, we kind of are. Oh, it's nice. We're having a sandwich Valentine's Day. We're together this weekend. We're recording this on Saturday. And we're going to be together next weekend. That's right. But we aren't going to be together on the day itself. The day itself. No. It's anyway, okay, though. I have plans. Did I tell you what my plans are? No. I'm going to the Strand with Katie, who's done the podcast. Which one? And if any of you guys want to come, please come. The one by me. Which Katie? Oh, Katie, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Who's done the, the only Katie that's done the podcast. Anyway, we're going to see Tavi Gevinson talk about the new Rookie on Love book. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm really jealous. excited. I want to go. I know. Well, if any of you guys want to come, please come. We should hang out. That's where I'll be on Wednesday. And anyway. Okay. So we got these questions, and we're going to answer them. So the first one is from Jackie, and she asks, what's a good way to stay in touch outside of regular conversations sans social media? And by regular conversations, she probably means like phone calls. Yeah. Yeah. We have an answer for you, actually, Jackie. Yeah. We do a lot of voice texts, like constant voice texts where like, mm-hmm. I'll look at my phone <laughs> 10 minutes later and I have five minutes of Katie Delbot's voice to listen to. It's actually kind of the best. It's like having a little mini podcast from like your person. Aww. It's great. Personalized podcast. Exactly. And excuse me, sir. I have, I'll look at my phone and have quite a lot of, it's not good for your battery life. I will say it that. It is terrible for battery life. Because when yeah. my bat, and my battery life is a bit more important than the battery life for you because it's my map for getting around the world. Well, I can just plug mine into my car when I'm right. going places. Yeah. But my phone dies a lot more because of our voice texting right i did buy you a, a, a brick that would power your phone That's but you, you haven't charged it in like a year so yeah we could we could we okay. could set that up okay okay this is getting a little uh <laughs> a little inside baseball here of our uh, relationship but yeah but vo- voice, voice texting text. is, is the best voice texting is great regular text messaging it seems a little bit obvious but uh <laughs> yeah yeah that also works as well postcards yeah we like to send each other like mail you know we don't send each other mail as often as we send each other gifts you send me a lot of gifts and i don't mean gifts gifts am i not saying that properly presents presents oh (laughs) yeah i do send i thought you meant like the animated things which i don't send you You don't ever send those i don't i don't know how people do that okay it's a very simple thing everyone's really good at like sending really like topical gifts and i'm 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 pretty good at it you are good at it i don't know how anyone's good okay maybe we go over that okay okay anyway yeah so gifts postcards postcards. voice texts a lot you're really good at giving gifts Thank you. You really are. I think you One are time too. I came home to a very large box of popcorn. Yeah, we Here. like we like that popcorn in, from Hawaii. Yeah, we found this really wonderful spirulina, nutritional yeast, sea salt situation popcorn that I loved. And then one day after Hawaii, I came home and there was a, a box bigger than me. Yeah. You have to buy five bags at a time. So I got, I didn't know, I thought they were tiny bags, but apparently they're like gigantic size bags. So we got a lot of popcorn. Yeah. But yeah, gift, also we did, we did a lot of emails when we first oh, started. Yeah. Which like we should, we always say we're going to yeah. get back to, but we're, we're too busy to voice texting, I think. Yeah. To, but like long, like long form journaly emails. It's how we learned like a lot great. about each other. And that was yeah. before we were even long distance. But we would, I, that was like the, the most wonderful time of our relationship because 
I would sit up really late at night and I would mm-hmm. write you these like long, you would ask me questions and I would write back and then you had to ask me more questions and we sent each other music mm-hmm. and videos that we thought were nice or funny and we talked about movies and we talked about everything. Yeah. Yeah. That, and great. then it, and it wasn't like we didn't talk about that stuff in person, but we could like hit the ground running talking about that in person. Yeah. And there was like a week and a half where we didn't see each other because you were traveling a bunch. Yeah. So... I don't know. I that like was we helpful. Like, we like progressed a relationship by yeah. months in a really short amount of time. So let's tie this up in a nice bow for Jackie. Voice texts. And voice texts are a little bit weird at first. You can talk, speak to that. Oh, yeah. The first time I tried to send Katie a voice text, I it took me like 20 minutes to send 30 seconds because I was really self-conscious of everything that I said and I did not enjoy it. Yeah, but now I'm a pro. Hawaii. Now I'm really good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're really good at it. I had voice text prior to you. Sure. With Amanda a lot, so yeah, I didn't with know my best friend. I had never really used it before. Yeah, much okay. like gifts. I uh, and I had a podcast. Maybe that made me. That probably helps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talking. You know, I I talk by myself to recording devices all the time. Yeah. Okay, so Jackie, voice texting, long emails, gifts of both varieties. Sure, all the gifts. Postcards. I think that's a decent amount. Yeah. Okay, Linda asks high and lows of long distance near the beginning of, oh, okay, let me reread that. (laughs) Highs and lows of long distance because near the beginning of the relationship with my husband, we did long distance for a year too, by the way. Great. That's really cool. That's awesome. I'm so happy that it worked out for you and your husband. Highs and lows. Okay, I can go first or do you go first? You go nuts, yeah. Okay. It's your podcast. Highs are... This is, I didn't think about this prior. The high is that I get so excited when you're coming and when I'm coming to you and when I'm going to see you. And even like the week leading up to it, anticipation is a underrated emotion. It is maybe the best emotion. It's your favorite emotion. It is my favorite emotion. Yeah. You don't like surprises. Well, you like surprises, but also you like to look forward Mm -hmm. to things and have anticipation. That's right. So it's really difficult. I prefer being able, if I know that something good's, coming i can look forward to it and be happy about something good for longer but if right. it's a surprise then it only lasts for like a second yeah that, that feeling <laughs> okay so that's like the main obvious one uh i also do like that you know being really busy and having a lot of things that i want to do i feel like sometimes i can do these sprints of like i'm gonna work really 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 hard work over the weekend do what i need to do and it's temporary. I won't be like this forever. But then when you're here, I can really stop and be present and just be with you and not work. Yeah. And that's kind of nice to have those like sprints and rests works well for me right now. Maybe not forever, but I like that. And lows, I mean, lows is just the obvious thing of like sometimes when I'm just sad and I want to be with you, my person. And you said this once. You were like, it sucks is my point. And you said this once of like if it was – good and easy all the time that would mean the relationship was bad yeah we shouldn't be thrilled that we're like not together yeah. <laughs> a lot of the time but yeah. uh but yeah no it's it's like it's nice because it makes just being together like special and like something really like cool yeah it's like a finite resource we have to like take advantage mm. of I, I, I mean i kind of like that it like obviously it'd be great to be around each other all the time as well but i don't know it's like not the worst thing in the world it keeps everything really special so that's your high it's my high. No, and low is the same same kind of thing. We're like, I don't know. Sometimes I don't want to be with 
other people, but I want to be with you. Like, that's the biggest thing where it's like, yeah. it'd be really great if I could be, like, alone t- with you. Not yeah. with any, I don't, I don't want to be alone alone. I don't want to be alone with, like, anyone else. I just yeah. don't want to hang out with people, but, like, I want to, like, watch a thing with you and, like, hang out and, like, have that's, snacks. We always talk about that. I'm glad you said that. That's a way that we feel that I wonder if other people feel, too, where it's just, like, I don't want to be around anyone, but I don't want to be by myself. I want to be only with you because yeah. you're my person. And it doesn't feel like I'm – it doesn't contribute to my introvert-extrovert spectrum of, like, feeling depleted after hanging out with people when I'm with you. It doesn't count because I just am so myself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same. So that's the thing that sucks the most. But this is a good communication thing. We watch things together. So we do hang out oh, yeah, virtually right. sometimes. So – We'll watch shows together in the evening sometimes, and we'll or a movie. We've done both, and we will start at the same time and text throughout it, which is fun. It's like you're mm-hmm. having an experience with each other. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. Yeah, we watch high maintenance. Mm-hmm. Hey, ma- hey, maintenance. Watch um, two dope queens. Two dope queens. Yeah. which I saw in person. Yeah. What else? We watch. We've watched a lot of things. We watch, okay? we watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What should we watch next? Actually, we would love some suggestions. We're still, we're still watching High Maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's going to be done soon. Yeah. Eventually. All right. We love you guys. Um. Oh, someone asked if we have any nicknames. Tell them quickly. Oh, really? They asked that. Yeah. Well, you're you you know your nickname. Mm-hmm. Her nickname is Baby Carrot, <laughs> or just Carrot. Also, is Carrot Stick so for a second. Weird. It started off as like being uncomfortably like uncomfortable and like stupid but i just i kept doing it and now you're just and i'm gonna call him um greg nog yeah explain that one i don't think anyone's gonna find that funny i think that maybe has anyone in new york been to a a little known coffee shop called gregory's i think it's called gregory's coffee okay nick is now eating a sucker for the people at home so dr john's not sponsored but open to it makes these xylitol (laughs) Flavored, they're not flavored. Xylitol sweetened. There's yeah. no no sugar in them. No, they got, they Xylitol, got so they're good for your teeth. Doctor John is a dentist, and we love these suckers. Let's talk about Gregory's coffee. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Nick is eating one on the on the podcast. I'm, I'm being nice. We're hungry. We got to get yeah. going. Anyway, I think I might call you Greg Nog. It just kind of came out yesterday. Because Gregory's it... coffee has an eggnog that they call Greg Nog. <laughs> we, we thought that was, was really so funny. funny. <laughs> it, it killed. It killed yesterday for ten minutes. Um, yeah. I think it's a good nickname. All right. So that that's all we've got for you. Happy Valentine's Day. I hope that you either come to the Strand with Katie and I. We're probably going to hang out after. Or you have a really nice day with your person or your friends. And I just Or alone. Hope, or alone, yeah. Light a candle and take Thank a you. bath. That sounds great. Yeah. That's probably what I'm going to do. I'm going to be yeah? alone. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not really going to take a bath. Okay. I'll probably play video games. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, do a self-care thing for you or with your friends or with your person. Um, and we love you, right? Oh, yeah. We do. Yeah. Love you. Okay. Enjoy this episode with Cassini and Abby. The funny thing is it's it's about business, really, and it's about relationships and friends. And we talk about making big leaps and we talk about it's not just about business it's about all sorts of things but it's not really about relationships or love at all which comes up in almost every other episode we do and so i thought it would be nice if we talked a little bit about something that was topical to the holiday because i really like valentine's day i always have yeah it's a nice holiday all right nick is now chewing the sucker so we really have to go talk to you guys after the episode with the emoji
really quick before we get to the episode. I know I said we were getting right to the episode, but I got so distracted with my handsome co-host that I forgot. You guys will hear all about Abby and Ksenia's creation, this workbook that I love. And if you want to check it out, you can get $30 off by using the code Katie. That's K-A-T-I-E, my name, for $30 off if you want to check it out after listening to this. I really liked it. Okay, you're going to hear a lot about me in this episode too and what I'm thinking and feeling about my life and my career. So, yeah, anyway, it's vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, love you. Here's the episode. Bye. Bye. this time i know um when was when did i originally have you on the podcast that was like two years ago no wow three years ago i think it was at least three years ago lifetimes ago and Um, we connected just on the internet uh, with breakfast criminals and you featured one of my smoothies remember that i don't and you yeah it was like a blueberry smoothie bowl and you like put the photo on breakfast criminals and it was like it made me so happy that's how we connected i thought it was anita goa who connected us no because i met her like after it was the other way around i think so yeah anyway shout out to anita goa because that's why we're here in this apartment right now that's true i love it full circle yeah okay so Abby, yeah. hi. hi. You've never been on the podcast before. First time. You're in New York for a quick second. Yes. But you used to live here. Correct. And you're from Kansas City. Yes. Okay, so why did you want to come to New York? What brought you to New York? When I when I lived here? Yeah. Uh, theater. I was like a Broadway girl, yeah. so of course New York's where you go when you, when you want to be a Broadway so star. So was that right after college then? Um, I actually didn't go to college. Oh, cool. Where did I you? had applied to schools and my dad and mom talked me out of it because I was Very going cool. into performing arts. Yeah. And in musical theater, I mean, a degree is amazing. Degrees are always amazing, but it's not, you know, right. it's not like being a surgeon where you actually like have to. In, in, in most things, unless you're a surgeon, yeah. right. degrees are like not needed. Right. Totally. And I was already working professionally. So my dad was like, and I'm looking at Juilliard and NYU in places that were not cheap. Right. And so he was basically like, if you took a fraction of that money, put it into like rent somewhere safe and nice and just classes, like That's you could, so you could great. try it and swim with a big fish. And if you, if it works great, if you start to sink, come, you know, come back and apply to school. So cool. The rest so is you history. moved here right after high school. Yeah. Yeah. I was like wow. right after I turned 18 or 19. Yeah. How did yeah. you do that? How did you find a place and figure, like, having just done that, that's... Yeah, well, I got really lucky. There's this organization that does housing. It's, like, overflow housing for NYU, for Academy of Art, um, a couple schools. So it's, like, a dorm, but it's, like, a non... Not denominational, but, like, a, like, you'll, like my neighbor was, like, at NYU. My other neighbor was at New School. It was just, like, overflow cool. dorm. So, yeah, I was, I was in a dorm, and randomly, everyone on my floor was in the acting... Uh, field, so it was basically like being in, like all the fun parts of being in yeah. college, basically. That so then it you ended great. up being here for four years, and were you yeah, give or take? I don't think it was classes. Yeah, it wasn't quite that long, but yeah, I was um, dancing at Steps, this dance studio on Broadway, and I was doing their. Um, <clears throat> I got into their. They have an ensemble, so I like auditioned and got into their scholarship company. So I was dancing like by day and then by night I was taking acting classes and studying I studied classical voice at Juilliard they have like evening classes you can actually I feel like okay hello podcasters if you want to study singing in New York City there are so many hacks exclusive yeah this shit is amazing I studied with one of like the youngest 
female conductor in New York City, maybe in the world. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She had won all these awards. She was Taiwanese, but she's like a major, like a like a regular professor at, at Juilliard. But then she did these evening classes, and you pay like a fraction of the cost, oh. but you don't get credit. So you study with them. You have to audition to get in. It's the same thing, small classes, but you don't. It was amazing. So I got to study with her. There were like ten people in my class. That's great. Um, and you still get the credit, like on your resume, but obviously you don't get college credit. So I did, there were a lot of hacks like that where I would study with awesome people, a lot of private lessons and things like that. And yeah. Then, yeah. It was really when cool. When you were a kid, did you always, how did you get into musical oh, theater? Yeah. At, by like eight. Are I your knew. parents performers? What do you My, do? I think they both acted some in high school, uh-huh. like for fun. But yeah, I just started dancing probably when I was four um, and kind of fell into acting from there and then theater. At, probably by 14, I had my first agent. What? And, yeah. So you were, like, acting in Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. Kansas City randomly has a big theater scene and wow. a big commercial scene. I don't know if it's the same for Detroit, no. but I guess or we maybe. have a really neutral dialect. So a lot of voiceover, like radio work, comes from KC because huh. we don't have a New York accent. We don't have a Cali or a Southern accent. Interesting. So I was doing, like, a lot of radio work, a lot of random commercials. And, wow. Yeah. What do your parents do? Uh, my mom's an artist and my dad's an engineer. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. So, did you always know you wanted to live in New York City as a as a kid? Oh yeah. I mean, it was just like every yeah. summer I was here, or not every, you know, but trying to yeah. do as much as I could. And yeah, I was just every summer was like summer camps and acting cool. classes and plays, and yeah, it was kind of my whole identity. Um, yeah. And then it felt New- magical and like. Totally. I just loved it. I felt like that as a kid, too. And something that you said to me, I don't even know if you remember this. I think I told you this last week when we were together, but you said to me on on the podcast when I was asking you how you moved to New York. I'm I'm looking at Ksenia for everyone listening. And you were like, I asked you why you wanted to move to New York, and you were like, it's New York City. It's magical. And I remember just saying, oh, I'm not the only one who feels that way. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, there was no question for me. Yeah. I think I would, and I think a lot of people, whether they live here or don't, have some sort of wondering about New York City of like, I wonder what it would be like to live there. And for yeah. some people, that's stronger than others. And for me, I had to like figure that out and like, yeah. oh, okay, it's like this, you know? Totally. Um, and yeah, like we were saying before, I don't know if that would be here forever, but I would always wonder if I if I didn't. So you come yeah. to New York City, you're here, you're acting. How is that? How yeah. is that going? Are you happy? What What are those four years like for you? Yeah, it was great. Um, well, yeah, I I really loved it. I did a lot of dancing, and then <clears throat> I got cast, cast in a Broadway tour pretty pretty quick what thereafter. The Grease, so the musical. Cool. Yeah. What were you, who were you playing? Uh, I was a cover for a couple different so parts in, like, cool. ensemble. Yeah. So you toured the entire country? Well, no, we were cast and produced out of New York City, but we toured and rehearsed in Asia. So we were in oh, Korea, yeah. Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia. I'm probably That's forgetting so places. That's so cool. Yeah. So it was crazy. I went from you know, like being so invested in New York to like, and you're flying to Seoul, Korea in 10 days, like sublet your life, go. Um, And so it was just this huge transformational thing. I had been already working, like I said, since I was 14, um, professionally, but like obviously acting forever. And I think I just had this total kind of, I mean, identity crisis could be a way to talk about it. Actually, I was just talking to our friend Allison, Rockstar Shaman, about my experience and she called it shaman sickness, where... I just had this total clash of what I was doing every day and how I felt because mm-hmm. I basically I got what I always wanted. 
I got what I always wanted. I was like, I'm night, maybe I was 20, whatever. But I'm in a Broadway show. I was the youngest woman in the cast. It was like this highest honor. I'm making insane money. I'm being flown around the world. I'm riding in limos. I'm like modeling for Calvin Klein. Like it was so posh, especially for me at that age. But I was so miserable. I was just really miserable. And it was just this first, I think, I think it's so easy when you're striving for something to be like, um, you guys have heard of IBS. Yeah. Have you heard of IBH? Heard of Bowser Syndrome? Yeah, but I, IBH. IBS, we all know what it is, but IBH is I'll be happy when. Um, so it's like, oh, I'll be happy once I get a Broadway yeah. show. I'll be happy when. When I move to New York. Totally. When I have the boyfriend, when I have totally. the body, whatever. Yep. Yeah. For sure. And I think I got the show and I was like, well, shit. Yeah. I just got to the top of the mountain and the view's not that different. Yeah. And so I had found yoga before that and just, just at that point was like, hmm, I feel this way when I'm performing. I feel this way when I'm in a yoga studio. And so I had this kind of like conflicting experience. Um, yeah. And, and basically, yeah, it's quite a long story, but I, I wanted to break my contract. I wanted to quit. I was like, I don't want to do this. How long were you? It was a year. Mm -hmm. It was a year contract. Um, and I ended up, uh, through a series of events, we had been flown home, and then we were in Sweden, and we our flight had to make an emergency landing, and our flight got delayed, and I end up walk, like very very long story short. By the time we get to our show, instead of like you're supposed to be there thirty some hours before t before opening night, and we were there like an hour before opening night because of all these flights. So I'm walking across the stage, and my ankle just snaps from underneath me. Like I wasn't even dancing; it was just literally my right. body was like I'm out, and um had to go to hospital in Malaysia. Like, I don't even know to this day what happened. And my body was just like, I, like, I'm going to help you. And I remember, I remember wow. the night before it happened, talking to my parents and being like, I'm so unhappy. Mm. The people, on, you know, and there were, there were some very kind people, but it was just really toxic. There was a lot of drugs and alcohol and like late nights. And it just wasn't like my nurturing, yeah. like, wasn't cozy. No. And it was still, it's like, we all got the job and it still felt competitive. And for me, it was just this huge kind of like, I felt like suddenly, you know, that scene in the matrix where you're just like, you, you see the world as it is and people, people see the truth. And I think, I think for me, not that the performing arts industry is horrible because it's incredible. And I still to this day love it and like have dear friends who do it for a living. But for me, it was, it was just, just really like seeing the truth of the work and yeah. saying, okay, nothing's perfect. How do I, and, and, you know, they say like, have you guys heard the quote of don't, don't ask yourself like who you want to be, ask yourself what you want to do every day, mm -hmm. because ultimately that's what, you know, how do you want to spend your days? Yeah. Um, and I remember the night before my injury talking to my parents and being like, how can I get released from my contract? Cause it's such a small industry. If you break a contract, like you're going to have a hard time getting hired. And I remember thinking if I got injured, if I got injured, they'd have to fire me. And the next day that happened to my ankle. Um, and so through a series of events, then they didn't fire me. Oh my god! So I had to still go perform in a wheelchair. Wait, what? <laughs> they made me sit in the wings and like still sing my parts. So I wasn't on stage. They wouldn't fire me. And then a couple, I don't know, a week, a day later, I started getting my wisdom teeth and they were abscessed and impacted. So I had like jowls. I was in so much pain and on so many painkillers from my ankle and my face that it became like all I had left was singing and then it hurt to sing. And it was just this, I mean, now comical. My body was like, I'm out. Yeah. Like, I'm done. And wow. they still wouldn't fire me. And I'm like, I am worthless. What? And um, the next day, our contract got uh, mitigated because there was sort of like a, um, 
like a negotiation snafu. We were supposed to go to India and we were instantly just like fired. Like they're like, you're everyone. Yeah, totally. The whole show is just, you're done. Contract's over. Um, yeah. So anyway, quite a long story, but I guess the reason I mentioned that is it was just everything I'd always wanted. And for me, I got to this point of after the show being like, who am I? Um, you know, and just really coming back to connecting with like how I wanted to feel every day, you know, and that wasn't how I wanted to feel. So So you came back to New York. Is that when you decided to teach yoga or were you already teaching? No, I wasn't teaching. No. Um, I came back to Kansas city with my family, got my wisdom teeth pulled, got some emergency dental work. (laughs) Um, and I was, I was super over. I had just signed with this big agent and I was like, I'm out. Um, shaved my head, pierced my lip, was like, I'm not shaving, I'm not wearing makeup. No one can tell me I have to look any certain wow. way. And I also like have fully shaved your head? Uh, like like pixie cut, yeah, like you know, wow. chopped it all off. Um, but you know, in that industry it's like your hair was your fast, your hair's so long now. Yeah, well that was I'm thirty two. That was you like are? ten years ago, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you look like you're twenty. <laughs> I'll take it. But anyway, I yeah, it was it was quite a thing and and I you know, for me, just start, kind of starting over. Yeah. At the, and, and, and it was a really confusing thing because I had gone from being whatever, like not high profile, but, you know, it's kind of swimming with bigger fish right. to I moved to Chicago, started nannying for 10, 12 bucks an hour and just did yoga all the time and kind of found myself. And I also have a history of an eating disorder. And so like kind of like divorcing myself from that industry was very much the symbol of like not investing in that mindset anymore yeah. and not letting someone tell me what I had to look like yeah. too, you know. What was your relationship to food and your body throughout that and after that? Mm. I mean, super tumultuous. Uh, in my contract, it said if you gain or lose five pounds, they can fire you on the spot. So, I mean, it's real. It's not, It wasn't just in my head. It was like, yeah, we own your body, you know. Um, and... I didn't think about that. I should have just gained a ton. I should have just gained a ton of weight and gone yeah. fun. That would have been way more fun. Um, I think I think it was big for me because I didn't know how to separate them. Like my my, I was just talking about this the other day. If someone's a lawyer and they're hyper thin, someone's gonna say, "Oh my gosh, please feed this person." But if you're a dancer or performer, people are like, "You look great." Yeah. It's just, it's like woven into the culture. Yeah. And again, I want to make a disclaimer. I have so many dear friends who are dancers who have loving relationships with their body. I don't want to condemn the industry because I do love it. Yeah. But for me and with my disposition and who and how I had been and what the struggles I had gone through, it was not facilitating like a healthy body yeah. image. Yeah. Yeah. How did you come out of that? So you're in Chicago, you're... Yeah. You're teaching yoga, uh, or you start teaching yoga? No, I was just taking yoga. I was literally just like taking every class I could find, like absorbing it all. And I think, I think that was my healing. I mean, I never went to rehab. I never had formal therapy. Um, and at that point I was eating more, but I think it was honestly, if someone, like if someone said, what's the one thing that healed you? I would say yoga. I would say I took a class with Dana Flynn you know who that is? Do you know? Have you heard of her? She's amazing. She's um, was based in New York. She ran a studio, runs a studio called Laughing Lotus. I heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, and she now lives in um, New Orleans, running another another okay. location of it. But um, she was the first teacher I had studied with in any kind of movement practice that was just like, "What feels good? How do you want to move today? Oh, you don't want to do that? Don't do it." Yeah. And she, I remember, I'm, you can't tell I'm on a podcast. I'm busty, and she like came up to me and was like. 
oh yeah, when you twist, you gotta move them out of the way. And she just, there was no shame. She was just mm-hmm. like, have fun. Like, like, oh, you should try this sports bra. Like, it was just so accepting of who you are mm-hmm. and um, so playful that I just like caught the yoga bug, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, that was definitely like the start of the... Did you decide you wanted to teach at that point? Still no. Actually, my mom was the person that was like, have you ever thought of teaching? Um, And I remember just thinking, you know, I look at my teachers, especially in New York. I had such experienced teachers that I'm like, what, you know, how could I ever do that kind of thing? Um, And my mom ended up finding a program called Karma Kids in West Village that does yoga for kids and found a training and she's like, I think you should go teach yoga to kids. Cause I was nannying and I was doing yoga. She's like merge the two. So cool. I moved back to New York to do this training sort of thinking, okay, like what do I have to lose? I'll just go experience this. And um, Sherry, the owner of Karma Kids is delightful. I recommend her to everyone and recommend her studio, um, but just loved it. And so started teaching yoga to kids in, I think that was 2008. And just was like this, you can get paid to like run around with kids and be like, I don't know, a ladybug on a yoga mat. Yeah. This is the coolest thing. And it was so special to be with kids and, and, and basically give them what I didn't have, you know, like, and I had an amazing childhood of great parents, but I just didn't have that relationship with my body and with my breath yeah. and with like that feeling of like coming home, you know, do you have brothers and sisters. Yes. Yeah. Uh, older brother, younger sister. Okay. Are you close with them? Yeah. They're awesome. Are they around? In the- they are. Yeah, they're in KC. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, they're so, awesome people. So you come back to New York. You're teaching yoga to kids. Mm-hmm. When do you decide to stay here for a while? When do you guys end up connecting? How do you get into wellness? Yes. Okay, well, so I'll fast forward. So I was teaching, and then, and then there's a little blip in there where I ran an international adventure company. That's for another conversation. I went international to, adventure. Very yeah. cool. I went okay. to Argentina, Australia. Anyway, another convo. Okay. So I did I did this is the that. the first of many podcasts. <laughs> exactly. Between us three, I hope. Uh, and Although this is hard to nail down, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, so Dana, who I mentioned, moved to San Francisco with her partner to open the San Francisco location of Laughing Lotus. And I, at that point was kind of thinking, Ooh, I'm teaching kids. Maybe I could teach adults. So moved to San Francisco to study with her, with them. Um, and that's when we met. So after my training, I fell in love with SF. It's so great that I stayed and got a job teaching, um, at a local university. I taught yoga, dance, and like creativity coaching. Oh my God. Cool. Um, but you, you came to my yoga class and I mean, that was, do you think 2009, 10? That was 2009. I was just getting heavily into yoga and Abby was one of my first yoga teachers. Wow. Legit. Um, I fell in love with her classes. I would come and I'd feel like she had this bright red hair and she would make her own essential oil sprays. And she also had a website with her singing videos. <laughs> and she played guitar and I was like, oh my gosh, so she's cool. so cool. She's so cool. One day I could be friends with a person like this. Yeah. And, you know, she didn't really notice me. I was just a student. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I kept coming to her classes. But you lived here, I thought. Or were you in San Francisco? I went to to grad school in San Francisco. Oh, okay. What Mm -hmm. were you studying there? Fashion merchandising. Oh, that's right. Okay. I need to brush up on our first episode. Oh, yeah. The link was in the show notes. More on Ksenia. Yep. And then social media. I mean, where do best things in the world happen? We reconnected through probably Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. And Abby saw that I was doing something crazy cold breakfast criminals where I post healthy food and people connect with me and she was like 
I'm also into healthy living right now, and that's where wellness comes in. Because Abby was just either doing or finished the IAN yeah. program. I think it was like percolating in my mind. Yeah, I don't think I'd started. Or no, actually when I messaged, not in San Fran, but when I messaged you, yeah, I was starting the program. And it was just like a, I mean, like all good things. It was just an intuitive hit. I think we were still Facebook friends from when I, I moved back to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to India and studied yoga for a while and then mo- moved so back cool. with fam. Um, and just, I remember, I can't remember who, I think I reached out, but uh, I don't remember who suggested. We're like, oh, we should Skype because it had been years. And let's, let's just Skype. Are you in New York at this point? I was living in New York at that time. Okay, so you're back in New York and you're in Kansas yeah. City. But I guess my point is it's not like at that point in time I was someone who was just messaging tons of people to Skype them. Like it felt like, it felt like oh, this needs to happen. We need to reconnect. And I didn't even have like a business proposal for you or something. It was just like we need to talk. And like by the end of the phone call, we were like, okay, we're leading a yoga retreat. Let's make it happen. When are you free? Like we probably didn't even talk for an hour. And it was like, great done and then by the next week we had a retreat wow. figured out for Nicaragua my first yoga retreat I'd ever led you had just graduated or you just, just graduating wrapping up my yoga teacher training with Tara Styles. oh cool so for me it was also a big leap I had never taught a public yoga class yeah your first class was there my right first was, was on the retreat I didn't wow. tell the participants until after and they were like oh really that's I feel yeah, like was that around it. the time that we first connected because I feel like I remember mm. your you, one of your first retreats. Like yes. I remember you going to Nicaragua. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where I was following Breakfast Criminals and you at the time. So you... Cool. Was it called a Breakfast Criminals retreat or something? We called it Yoga and Superfoods Retreat. Yeah. Like Super You. Super a Yoga you. and Superfoods Retreat. Our naming's gotten better since then. Already. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we were so spoiled because we're like living in tree houses, doing yoga on this like basically platform that overlooks the bay and then after yoga Ksenia was like oh no big deal I'm just gonna blend you up a dragon fruit oh my god fresh dragon fruit on the farm across the street oh my god it was heaven it was like the perfect first yoga retreat that's amazing amazing. so you guys do that retreat what year is this like 2013 yeah 14 I think it was 14 yeah I definitely I think you had done the podcast at that point Mm -hmm. because no I feel like we like talked about it on it was coming up I feel Mm -hmm. like we almost like promoted it on the podcast that makes sense um anyway we'll have to we'll have to see but so you you guys do this retreat and then you decide to continue it goes well obviously you decide to continue collaborating what happens next so Ksenia you're working full-time and doing breakfast criminals on the side at that point which we talked about in the last episode so guys if you haven't gotten the memo yet you need to listen to the previous episode it's actually a lot of fun I listen to it every time like ooh these two chicks are cool. I want to be friends <laughs> with them. And um, at the time, so for five years, I worked for a personnel image consultancy in New York City uh, called Visual Therapy, a really cool company that merges empowerment with um, image and style. Very cool. And really just empowering people to become the best version of themselves through... You worked in the Empire State Building, dress. right? I didn't, know, but yeah. I, uh, I was around there a lot. Okay, we could see your office wherever we were last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Such a cool company and brand. Are you still friends with them? Still very much friends. Cool. Yeah, the founders are like my gay New York dads. <laughs> um, so I only quit that a year and a half ago. Breakfast yeah. Criminals has oh, been yeah. side hustle the whole time, and that was the first time I'm on your podcast when it's not. Yeah, yeah. High fives. So that's exciting. Yeah, high fives. And 
Abby and I, I don't even remember, like, how we stayed in touch, what was happening. Like, after the retreat? I think we led the retreat, and then um, when we really got close, is Abby, when she would come to New York, she would stay with me, because she wouldn't mind sharing a bed in exchange for smoothies. I mean, where else do you get to, like, show up to a friend's house jet lag, it's three in the morning, and she's like, oh, hi, I just made you, like, collagen turmeric... Oh my god, um, that sounds like heaven. Maca, ma- okay, actually that sounds gross with matcha, but whatever. Some delicious yes. golden drink. And then like, oh, sorry, are you okay with crystals being in the bed? Because I don't want them to buy. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah, oh my the god. full treatment. That sounds amazing. So that was Abby coming to New York, and then a yeah. year ago, um, I had this urge to just get rid of everything. So I got my green card. I was a free person. I had quit my job. And I had this urge to leave everything behind and to be a free spirit and to be nomadic. So I had this plan to travel for 16 months and maybe even 18, something like that. Anyway, I got a new domain. I got a new Instagram handle. Call me my nomadic year. Yeah. That's like my new alter ego in the world. And I traveled to Brazil, to Bali, and I actually started in Kansas City. I left New York, my first place. I stayed with Abby for like almost two weeks. Mm-hmm. That was so much fun. And that's when we really connected on the next level, I feel like. Mm-hmm. You know, sharing space with someone and taking care of each other and seeing each yeah. other's different moods. And meeting my boyfriend. Meeting your boyfriend. <laughs> and seeing that as an example of, yes, there can be a relationship that is funny and exciting yeah. and it's so caring and loving. And... Um, then I just traveled for, to Bali, to Brazil, all over the U.S. So um, spoke, come back to, came back to New York to speak at the Well Summit, which is coming up again. And then I was in Bali and I was staying in a beautiful jungle, bungalow, luxury, eco-friendly hotel in the middle of a farm. All the food is grown in the backyard. I'm getting forehand massages every other day oh my god and if you guys don't know what forehand massages are like put it on your bucket list because that is going to change your life what is it mm-hmm. two people massaging so what do you think how do you think it looks like either two people massaging you or someone's hands and feet on you it's two people and they're approaching you from the two sides and they're synchronized so oh. they sync their breath and sync their <gasps> movements so it's like i want that right now oh. yeah it is life-changing so life was good. Yeah. I was getting smoothies from local papaya and mangoes. Oh I was God. getting those massages. And I was living the life. I was blogging about it. I was using this like digital currency platform. I was like so cool, you know, learning about bitcoins and being nomadic and yeah. And at the same time there was like this inkling in my heart that started arising is okay, I'm doing all these fun things and I'm connecting with all these fun people. And I'm being treated and, and this and that. And my business is going okay while I'm traveling. So there's something missing. And I want to share this with you. This doesn't make sense anymore for me to do this on my own. Yeah. So that's when I started like awakening to that idea that I want to have a partnership in my life. And so what I ended up doing is I totally threw away the plan of traveling for 16 months. And I decided that I'm going to just come back to New York. First of all, at that time, I thought that it was because I had all these business opportunities coming in from New York that I actually needed to be here for, and I felt like I'm falling behind on my business if I'm not in New York right now, 
And so I followed that and I came back and I restarted everything. And I also got into a very flirty mood and I got on all the dating apps there are. And about a month later, I ended up meeting the man I just moved in with yesterday. Oh, yeah. So uh, it's so interesting how life gives us, throws, you know, experiences and ideas in our head. Like yeah. for me, it was, I'm definitely moving back to New York for business. Like right. money is important for me, success, connections, like this is the most important thing in my life. I followed that and it brought me here, but then what really was behind that and what I was meant to be here for was to meet the man of my dreams. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so important to follow those intuitive hits, even when rationally they make zero sense. Yeah. Yeah. Just trust that and you go <clears throat> and you show up and then you're being shown yeah. why and what you get from it. I yeah. want to pick up on a couple of things you mentioned. So going back to before you decided to travel, when you were at your full-time job that you had been at for a long time, really liked, genuinely liked, but Breakfast Criminals is taking off and you have this inkling that you want to travel. What was making that choice of leaving your full-time job and doing, being essentially a freelancer and having, you know, the inconsistency that comes with not having a salary, the uncertainty that comes with that? What was that like mentally for you and how did you handle that? That's a great question. It's so funny. I go through these things that seem so big in my life and then I totally forget everything. I wrote a blog post about it that I never published that I oh. want to actually review now because there's a lot that went um, mindset and just picking up things on how to structure that and how yeah. to empower myself to really take that leap. Because the first step that I did is I didn't fully quit the job, but I went on freelance terms. Okay. And that she was had... such a scary thing to do. Yeah. Because I came in and I, what I ended up doing basically negotiating to be paid the same but working two days a week instead of wow. five. Hey, uh. And, <laughs> you know, it seemed so crazy to me at that time. But now, you know, with all the work that I'm putting out there, and you should definitely check out uh, my new YouTube series with my boyfriend, Kong. It's so good. The influencer. It's uh, so good. The conscious influencer. And, you know, the same thread with the biz babes. Yeah. It's, like, all about really knowing that there's no limit to what you can have. Totally. And we are the only ones who limit ourselves with what we can and cannot have and what we deserve and what we don't deserve. But when you just come in confidently and you say, this is the value I bring, yeah. this is what I want, boom, lay it on there on the table, no excuses, no apologizing. And I've been shocked in the beginning when I started doing this when everyone's like, oh, yeah, sure, okay, here you go, we love you. And now I'm just like, oh, can I double that? Can I triple that? Can I quadruple that? And yeah. it's incredible. It's just so liberating and empowering to see yeah. that anything is possible. Yeah. I feel like something that I've always seen you do is what feels genuine, you know? And of course, there are moments of strategy and all these things, but, but like the common denominator for all of these transitions are... I don't want to make it like hedonistic, like I only feel good in every moment and I never right, struggle and right. I never, because that's not true. I think they're, I think it's, you know, staying close to your why and it's like, okay, paying, paying this bill is going to get me closer to this thing, you know, of course. But, um, also, also, I guess how that translates to your work, to my work, to our work is like, if we want it, someone else wants it, you know? Yeah. And that was actually like the genesis of biz babes, um, Shout out to my friend Lane. Hi, girl. 
because um, hey, <laughs> hey, hey Lane, a couple years ago, my friend who's an amazing vintage designer and had a shop in Kansas City. She and I were talking, and it was like, okay, I know all these amazing women who are like kicking ass and you know having varying levels of you know totally doing their full time gig or they have a side hustle or project or they're a maker or whatever. Um, and that so much of it is you're alone with a laptop, which is amazing and liberating and portable, but it's also lonely. Yeah. And she and I were just talking one day like, oh, we just need a group. We just need a, like kind of like a, like a hang group, just like almost like a book club, but just for biz babes. And my friend at that moment was like, deal, when are we meeting? And we just put it on the calendar. So, so a couple years ago in Kansas City, we started meeting monthly and, and it soon became evident that like, not like, first of all, Everyone who I invited said yes, which was incredible because I was like, does anybody, like, kind of what you're saying, like, does anybody want this? I want it. And and then from there, it became this thing of, like, okay, we're all just kind of chatting. We need more structure. And, and I think that was about the time, I guess, no, I, I guess we, we did that, and then I thought, this needs to be more formal. There need, there, this needs to be, there needs to be a theme. There needs, I want it to be more ritualistic and ceremonial and... Um, so I guess that feel was more like your retreats that you were hosting. Totally. Smaller, like yeah. more intentional, less just like chatting. Although I think we need that, but I, I think we, we all want to socialize, but I think just like having a theme that we all really get into. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was probably a year and a half ago that we started meeting. Um, and then the first ticketed event was March last. Well, I guess January I did it, but that was before you were involved. January. So these are events. This is an event series called Biz Babes in yeah. Kansas City that Ksenia would fly from New York to yeah. attend, and you guys yeah. started hosting these. And then from there, you get the idea of, hey, I think we could make a product that we do what we're doing in these smaller groups, and we share this with with people on the internet. Is that kind of how the idea came to be? Well, we were just getting so much incredible. So Abby, you know, started it all, and then I joined. Yeah. We did one in March, and then we did one in June. Mm-hmm. And so the March one was just, like, a Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. and then the um, June one was full two days. And it started with yoga. We had this gorgeous space provided by Life Equals, and Abby taught, and we had so much product donated. And so it was two days full of inspiration, motivation, brought, bro- broken up into different topics. So like productivity, finances, social media, building your community, yeah. you know, reaching out and getting press, all these different topics that are so important. And so cool. I wish I was there right now. Yeah, so, and so the, the vibes that were created there and the feedback that we started receiving were just so mind-blowing. And there were so many people who reached out from all over the world. They were like, yeah. oh my gosh, your event looks amazing. I wish yeah. I could come there. Is there any right. way like, we can have the recording <clears throat> or anything? So that's how we really, you know, yeah. there was a demand. It wasn't something created just outside of that. There was an actual demand. And so we created the BizBay Workbooks, which encapsulate yeah. that two-day event that we did. Cool. And, and beyond. Yeah. And way beyond. Yeah, they're 98 pages. So it's not yeah. like a five-page little thing. They're... They're hearty. Yeah. But yeah, I think it was, um, it, yeah, providing for that demand. And, and you know, Ksenia's from Russia. I used to live in England. Like, I think just people who are probably not going to fly to Kansas City right. for an event, although I think it's worth it. But, um, 
yeah, wanting to create more of a portable and uh, kind of take home from the event. So yeah. that's been really exciting to get feedback about it, and I well, know you've seen it. Well, let me tell you my experience with it. So yeah. I get an email from Kasini. I hadn't met you yet, Abby, yeah. which we met in such a serendipitous way. I know, way. it's amazing. And I get this email, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's my friend Kasinia. Like, I should probably check this out and, and support whatever her offering is. And I'm like, oh, this actually looks like something that I would probably need and use. And I was like, I'm going to buy it because I want to support her. That, yeah. That's honestly what I felt. Yeah, honest. yeah. And then I look at it, I was like, oh, this is exactly what I need. Like, this is so helpful and so amazing. And it felt so cozy, like yeah. the way it was designed from the photos, from mm. the... It's so easy to use. And the the way... I sound like I'm like being super... Yeah, we're not, we're not paying her right, right now, guys. Don't worry. Um, but the... <laughs> But the cool thing, when you said it's 98 pages, like, it's broken up into all these different sections. And actually today, like, preparing for this, I really wanted to take some time and, and get back into it. Because I really, you say at the beginning, like, light some sage, get a cup of tea. Yeah. Like, sit down with it. And I didn't really have a chance to do that. Like, because I've been going really slowly with it. Because I know both of you would tell me to do that. Yeah. And I'm excited to, like, have the time and, like, take my computer to the coffee shop and, like, write in my journal and do it. And it's great because that it, it, it is a workbook and not a course and not a live event. I can do it whenever I want, wherever exactly. I want, and at my own pace. And it's really helpful to me because I'm going through a lot of the same life transitions that you did with, you know, being a freelancer and also having a full-time job and moving to New York. And it's yeah. it's really nice to, to kind of have that, asking yourself some more you know, businessy things I'm learning, but also I'm learning it from people who like sage and like yeah. to have tonics. And I know it's coming from you guys. So anyway, it's... Well, I feel like that's... I can't claim to to say what kind of voice I do or don't have in my industry, but for my... Yeah, um, you can't. Okay, it's the best voice. No. Um, <laughs> but I feel like... Are you going to sing later? <laughs> we don't Should try I? to She's got to, If you didn't have a flight, you would have a, a quick little, jingle. little audition. Yeah. Ooh. I need a new jingle for this the podcast. Babe, this babe, this oh. babe. I'll, I'll work on it. Okay, I'll write something. That. Well, that needs some work. Yeah, we'll work on it. This babe, let it out. <laughs> Collaboration. Oh, yeah. Katie Dale back. <laughs> um, something I'm always asking about my own self is like... Am I being masculine or am I being feminine mm. in this in this situation? And just how to find a balance because I think that we really need both in business. And I think it's easy to say at large that the, you know, I don't know, business as a category is predominantly masculine. You know, that's kind of more of the tone and allowing allowing for, for that when it's needed, but also allowing the femininity and the flow and the intuition and the, the kindness and compassion and listening and letting all of that also have a place in your kick-ass making bank hustle, you know, mm-hmm. and that they're not mutually exclusive. Um, so anyway, that that feels like something. Yeah, that- I mean, there's there's a lot of products out there for this sort of thing, and like I said, I was like, oh, this, you know, is this is this going to be just another one of those? And I think part of it is I know you guys, and I know well, I didn't know you, but I know you now, and I was like, oh, well, it's coming from a form that I know I will resonate with. But it's also really broken down in this um, intuitive, user-friendly way, which I, we only have a little bit of time, and I want to get to the questions I ask everyone. But I wrote down some notes of, of the way it's broken down. So maybe I'll, I'll throw out you know, the different chapters, and for people listening, to get, let's get them started with what they can you know, help in their 
life or their business or their brand or everyone's kind of a brand right now with having an Instagram or whatever they want to create or maybe they even have an idea and they want to create it. So the first thing that you both start with in the workbook is intention. Why did you want to start there? What do you mean by intention? Whoever wants to start with that. Yeah. I mean, the whole Breakfast Criminals movement is based on intention. For me, if we don't take a moment to think about what we want to create and how we want to feel, you know, what's the point of doing anything? Yeah. And intention, you know, I'm on this 31-day streak right now, starting my day with 10-minute meditation. Mm -hmm. It's called The Morning Ritual on the Insight app. It's a free app. And honestly, it's completely changed my life. because Is that Dan Harris's app? I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's different. Okay, sorry. So anyway, it's only 10 minutes. There's a little bit of breathing, a little bit of holding your hands on your heart. And then my favorite part is when they say, you know, think about your intention for the day and how you want to feel today. Mm -hmm. And that really, when I write down three ways I want to feel that day in the morning, it just, it's amazing. I don't know how exactly it works, but it's miraculous. And the same with any project we take on, with any work we do, right? What's your intention? What do you want to achieve? I think that's why it's really... Uh, really really powerful otherwise you're yeah. just like going like a zombie you're, yeah. you're like hustling and running around but then you don't connect to why you're doing it so it's kind of like connecting yeah. back with the why by the way totally. last night I went to Simon Sinek's talk I saw that start with why oh nice ask him a question he thumbed me up and then he came up to me and said thank you for a great question what was your question hey Al I just asked about his it was him and Kristen Hadid Mm. An incredible woman fell in love with her. I have her book on my backpack. I'll show you guys. Mm. As she talks about screwing up and the importance of screwing up uh-huh. to become a good leader. Cool. Love it. And uh, I asked them about their relationship with social media and what role that has mm. played. And Simon was saying how when he works, he puts his phone on airplane mode. And how there's yeah. all these studies showing that if you put your phone in a drawer, um, you pr- create so much more. And then uh-huh. also... Uh, he, when he goes out to dinner, he gives his phone away to his friend to put away because when your phone is in your pocket or just accessible, you're like 70% more likely to be checking it for no reason. Yeah. Oh, that's what Sam and I do phoneless dates when we go out to dinner or anything that's like that. anything that's not just like, oh, we're randomly at a cafe. Like anything where we're like, do you want to go to a movie? Do you want to go to dinner? Yeah. We just both leave our phones at home and I love it. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to Instagram. Like the biggest yeah. thing is I'm like, I'm not going to Instagram my dinner. But it's yeah. just so amazing to just be like, you're my person. Like no one can, if someone wants to yeah. meet us, they have to just psychically know where we are. Yeah. And I'm so, I think we all need digital detox. I want to do a whole nother podcast with you guys on relationships I would ask that right now but I know Abby asked you like all these copious notes but you have such a great relationship and when we met at Cat Beauty we like serendipitously (laughs) met at Cat Beauty which is like a whole nother story um the mecca of all things good yeah but but anyway talking about your relationship and our relationship and we just like it was so fun and then seeing you in this blossoming relationship like I want to know more about that so we'll we'll yeah. put a pin in that for later yeah. but talk about intention in your, in your yeah. life and why intention and then also moving on to vision which is another yeah. big part and how are those different yeah totally well I just high fives and piggyback on everything Ksenia just said about intention and the the the, the quote I am always saying to all humans I ever speak with is it's not really that hard to get what you want. It's really effing hard to know what you want. Yeah. And I truly believe in my own life and my own struggles and traumas. And I, I'm not here to say I've had this like 
totally peaceful life, nor do I think a lot of my friends have. But I, but I think that <clears throat> the things that we really want, we get. And the things that we really want and we don't get aren't meant for us. And that becomes very evident to me. The things that I thought I wanted, I'm like, why didn't this happen? There's just, for me, there's always, maybe it comes a minute later or a year later, but there's always a big, there's always a big tell for me of like why I didn't get it. Yeah. And so I think being a creative, I, I've, be, you know, growing up being an actress, I've always been freelance or self-employed. And I think the biggest struggle becomes, um, uh, just like time management and where do you spend your energy and you can always do more in the age of social media it's like what's enough and all of this so I do think you know harnessing your inner Danielle Laporte and and asking how do I want to feel today and like what is this work about what's your why um all so 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 important and so yeah intention for me is everything both both kind of both the masculine and the feminine feminine both how do I want to feel and what do I want to kick ass at today what do I want to get done um and so for me letting that be the seed that you plant and then so every Monday I actually and this is part of this is in the workbook Mm -hmm. but my visioning is sitting down with a pen and paper and just doing a brain dump of everything I hope to do for the week professionally I, I sometimes do that for other things, but for work, it's like, okay, like, and I just think, how can I make this bigger? And my motto right now is elevate what you think is possible. So it's like, okay, if I want this, can like, you're saying, can I double it? Can I triple it? What's possible? And just getting it all out there and really as much as we can for ourselves, lifting the ceiling on, on our, Mm -hmm. our vision. So yeah, I I think if we don't do that, it's like hitting the gap, hitting the gas, but not holding the steering wheel. You're just going to drive into a wall, you know? So I think, I think it's the mindful, it could be meditation, it could be journaling, but having some kind of, um, just pause to think about what you, what you want to get done. Yeah. I, I want to talk about productivity and getting into, to that a bit, but I feel like what's interesting with what, I love that quote about you can't, knowing what you want is, is the more challenging part. And for me, I've been saying on this, this podcast recently for the, the past couple months, actually, I have been feeling a bit like a master of none. Like I'm doing a lot of things not particularly well and wanting to streamline and wanting to focus more. So how do both of you get your the clarity and focus and, and, and create everything you've created? Yeah. I'm going to start. You want me to? Sure. Um, well, also in the workbook, guys, and side note, we're going to give all your listeners a discount if, Amazing. Any, if anyone's wanting to buy it. And uh, yeah, a huge part of the work I do is supporting primarily people in the wellness industry, create more strategy and how to elevate what they believe is possible. And so that sounds really fun, but the truth is like, how are you spending your days? Right. What are you actually doing? Um, and again, what is it that you want? What yeah. is it that you want? So, so I have a process called I uh, where this. I create quarterly goals. Yeah, I and need so, both of these. so again, I won't get so detailed because it's in the workbook. But my initial brain dump is like, Bleh, here's everything I want to do for the week. Right? Yeah. Some of it's like prepping for client calls. Some of it's like writing a blog post, or it could be something really huge. But what I do is I create my. I, Every uh, January 1st, I sit down and I create my goals for the year, like big ticket goals. Um, And then every quarter, I sort of review them and revise them. So sometimes something becomes like, okay, I don't actually want that anymore. I already did it. My goal for this quarter was to write a workbook. I'm like, done, check, check, need a new goal. 
Um, but so, so for me, what I do is af- after my initial brain dump, I then review whatever quarter we're in. I only, I only allow myself three quarterly goals. So it's again, less is more. And then this is super nerdy, but I review my brain dump with a highlighter and I highlight every to do that has anything to do with my quarterly goals and they take priority. So I'm not, because you know, it's like if we only pour our time into what's urgent, sometimes what's important never even gets yep. seen. So we have to, it is our goal. It is our responsibility as, as humans, not just people who work for themselves, but it's our responsibility, not only to create our own boundaries or else someone will make them for us, but to create our own priorities. So I start to say, okay, this thing, it may not even make me money. It may just be something that I really wanted to do this quarter. Like an example is I want to go to more um, events and retreats that doesn't necessarily make me money. I mean, it's great networking, but to actually spend time to block out time each week to research events and go to them, things like that. Mm -hmm. So, so that is a huge part of, for me, productivity and, and kind of like staying more focused and actually spending my time on things I want to do. Yeah. So yeah, that's the teaser about that. Oh my gosh. I'm going to try to keep this short. So when I started dating my boyfriend, Eric in March, I remember he looked for the first three dates. He didn't know what I did. I did all the research on him. You know, we're going to talk about this in our separate dating yeah. show. Mm-hmm. I really want to know about your first date. Our new dating podcast. Yeah. Every, every web page there was about him. <laughs> I didn't know that. Everything. And he did not look me up. He just looked at a couple of my pictures. He was like, oh, you know, she's pretty. Let's go. And um, then on our third date, he was like, okay, so you have this Instagram with 80,000 followers, but how do you make money? Yeah. And so that's when I really explained my business model and how I partner with brands. You know, I'm on a national cereal box. I partner with Vitamix. I partner with Lululemon, with Free People, with Wonderlust Festival. There's just like such a creative array where this week has been really huge because I did a big event for Mew Mew. And in Saw the past that. two months, I've done two um, two events for Instagram where I bring like delicious superfood breakfasts made with love and intention into environments that might not so normally cool. have that. Yeah. And so there's so many things. And then he, you know, I started sharing with him how overwhelmed I am because I get so many requests. I have like 500 yes. unread emails in my inbox. A lot of them actually are money. And I yeah. just don't even have time or create time because yoga is more important to me than answering 10 more emails. Right. And I was complaining, not complaining, but you know, he was saying how I don't feel productive, I feel overwhelmed, and I wasn't taking action on doing something about it. And so then he said, you know, there's this uh, personal growth program called the Landmark Forum, and you should come to the introduction and, and see what it's all about. And so I did, and in that first introduction that's free, I learned so much about what exactly what was stopping me from hiring people, from starting to outsource things and manage my time better. And um, I signed up. Uh, So right now I'm in, there's a couple of different programs. I'm now doing a program called the Self-Expression and Leadership Course. And it's been absolutely life-changing, the combination of Eric coming into my life with his business coaching and, and understanding of sales and people. And that's why we have the Conscious Influencer Series together on YouTube. Yeah, because which is so good. Thank you. My social media expertise, his business expertise, and he's like totally fearless approach to just ask for what you want. Like yeah. totally like no filter. And also just fun and entertaining and spiritual take on all of that. Yeah. And honestly, every goal I've made on how much money I want to make, I want to have an employee. I have the most incredible intern slash assistant, Amanda, working for me right now. So brilliant. Uh, I've made exactly 
what money I wanted to make, which seemed like unreal at that time. And I'm finally, you know, three months into doing this work, I'm feeling more productive than ever. And I think it's just having, I've done so many personal transformation workshops and work and retreats, but this is, you know, the first time when it's something that I can actually be applying in my daily life because it's a language and it's tools that you can apply to any situation, whether it's personal or business, and you create like a new possibility around how you want to feel, what's possible. And one of the most important things that I did that I think anyone can do, uh, you know, first of all, check out the Landmark Forum because it, it will blow your mind and change your life. But And it's a th- only three-day course available in a lot of cities around the world. But the second thing is that... Not I'll, sponsored, but uh, open to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, second thing not fr- uh, that I learned from there is in one of the workshops, we made a list of what are our values and what's important to us in our life. And then what are my daily actions, like Abby was saying. And then when I made that, like these are all the things that I'm saying I want to create. You know, I kept saying I want to be a drummer. I want to learn hand drumming. And I want to be a YouTuber. And I want to be posting videos at least twice a month and really be known for that because I feel like I can deliver so much more and offer so much support and knowledge and inspiration through video format than anything else. So I kept talking about it for over a year and it was still not happening. So I looked at what I was doing and I realized I'm just not prioritizing it. I'm saying one thing, I'm doing another thing. I'm so doing that. And so when I started merging the two and I really gave my word now, so this month is crazy because I've taken on posting a new single YouTube video every single weekday, which is insane. It's like the other extreme, but at the same time, it's so awesome because there's no room to be like, oh, it's not perfect. I don't know how to edit this. I'm not ready to share this. Shout out to our workbook all about feeling ready is bullshit exactly you never feel ready so you never do you you never do and and that's like my mantra right now too you know feeling ready is bullshit and also like I keep asking myself what do I need to know to be a good leader and I bought all these books and like how to be a good leader how to create a good organization how to like empower your employees and then I realized through the landmark that I create my own definition of being a good leader and the most important thing is being honest vulnerable and communicating and last night at that event, Simon Sinek and Kristen Hadid, that's exactly what they said. Both incredibly successful, interesting yeah. people. That's what they both said. You just come in and you be real with people. Yeah. And you do it. Because I think we can get stuck, you know, especially if you're really well-intended or you lean more towards academia or type A perfectionism. Of course you're going to be like, okay, I need to read one more book. I need one more course. Yeah. But I think the way you become a good leader is by leading. And, of and course, buying the business workbook. And by being... Yeah. <laughs> and doing coaching with us. Um, <laughs> uh, sponsored by ourselves. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's like, I don't, I haven't read the book you're mentioning, but not being afraid to make a mistake. And as a leader asking for feedback, you know, I have also, I have an assistant who I, she's the shit. And part of our weekly phone call is we're like, what's your rose? What's your thorn? And that's really important to me that I create a space for her to say, oh, actually this isn't working for this thing isn't working or the way this was communicated, yeah. but creating the culture of, Hey, I'm, I'm your, oh my God. So we're just saying your boss, but like, right whatever you want to call it um and that she feels safe and I'm creating this culture of her being able to give me feedback it's not just a one-way street you know and I feel like that that can be I mean back to biz babe and whatever you know your version of biz babe is but like being in some type of group relationship situation where you are receiving some type of feedback I just feel like is huge and have accountability totally huge yeah yeah 
Okay, so get a to get a feel for what it's like working one on one with both of you. What would you say to me? Use me as a guinea pig, like double team coach. Tell me what you would oh you would God. tell me. So my name is Katie. I have this podcast. I I wrote a book. It's out. What would you What would you tell me to like? I have a lot of ideas. What do you need to know from me? I have a lot of ideas. I always I've been saying I have more ideas than time. It. Totally. So what would you What would you say to me? What would you call me out on? Uh, I mean, my first <clears throat> my first meeting with a client is a consultation. It's an interview, really, kind of like this. It'd be I have a whole intake form that you'd fill out with questions like what's working, what's not working, what's what your could superpower, we do, like so they could get a taste of it right now. Who? Well, it would be riffing on one of those questions. Yeah. Um, and say, like, a, what's something you love doing right now? What's something you love about this, your work? Podcasting, meeting yeah. people, connecting with people. I love this because for the two hours, I'm not on my phone and I'm connecting with people and I'm meeting such cool people. But what I really love more than this is hosting. It's like... Yeah doing it in person, like leading, like the one I did at the end, and like that's what I want to do more of, in-person hosting events, mm. like emceeing, yeah. Okay, so if you woke up tomorrow and a mm. miracle had happened, and you had more time and more ability to do everything you just said, you're doing twice as much, you're making twice as much money, like it's all happening. Triple that. Triple that. Okay. How would you know? How would you know? Oh, today's the miracle day. Holy shit! This is the miracle day. What would what would be happening? How would you How would you know? I guess I would have these opportunities. I'd have places to more places to speak. I mean, I've loved the speaking I have done, but more of that, more opportunity, and I'd be able to sustain my work consistently. Okay, so you'd have more opportunities to speak, like workshops, events, presentations? Yeah, yeah, like okay. I did Wanderlust and the Good Fest, there would be more of that. Cool. There would be more connecting with people, more podcasts. I mean, I guess I'm doing this, but... <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh wait, psych, already living my dream life. But I mean, it's not, it's not at the level I want to be doing it. I'm not totally. doing <clears throat> as much. So, so what's the level, exactly, specifically? Well, I mean, I work a full-time job, so I do all of this on, with the Saturday right now. I do all of it like you, and when you know, so at the point where I can confidently know that I'm able to sustain myself and my assistant and the team that I have to do more, collaborate more, host things, bring people together. Yeah, they just make. And what exactly would need to be in place for you to have that capacity? I don't know. Like I guess missing? being ready is bullshit. I mean, <laughs> is it asking for it? What do you, do you mean? feel like? Do you feel like all of those things are avail- are something you need to ask or quote unquote make happen or set in motion, or do you feel like they need to come to you, or some version? Probably a little bit of both because right now I'm putting about maybe fifty percent of my effort into this, and a lot of my brain capacity. And a lot of my time has to go to other things right now. Totally. So I think if I just spent... The biggest thing that resonates with me from from the workbook and from what you said, Abby, about the urgent thing... Right now I feel like I'm constantly on a hamster wheel and I'm an totally. admin. I'm doing admin stuff mm. all the time. Totally. Like I'm just answering emails. I'm answering emails mm. from sponsors. I'm doing... Booking things with guests. Mm. And that takes so much of my time that I'm not doing... I'm not spending enough time or as much time as I want to be in the creative and like right. I have an idea for a new podcast that I just a bit much like you with the YouTube channel like 
I've been saying it for months and I just like haven't started it and I just have been doing what's in front of me. So my first thought is ask for what you want. Um, and I think, I mean, you work in marketing, so you probably yeah. already know all these things and do these things, but I'm always amazed how simple it can be. And I think when you're a creative and you're, you know, you're blogging or posting or um, sharing in, in a more creative way, it can feel sort of unveiled or unpoetic to say something just very literally. Um, but I'm always amazed at how it works. Like an example is with my, so I do business coaching and I lead yoga retreats. And if I look at my calendar and I go, gosh, I just had two clients finish packages. I have time for two more clients. And instead of sitting and waiting for them to come, if I post on Instagram, hey guys, I have room for two more clients this quarter. People email me and are like, I want to be your client. And you're like, oh, that was so easy. So I'm wondering for you if there are ways that you can in a more transparent way ask for these things. Yeah. I just think like we were talking with Ksenia before you had your assistant and like how do I hire people and who's going to come to me and and what I had done was post on Instagram and say I'm looking for an assistant and I got all these amazing humans yeah, where it was so hard to I even decide that. and and I know Ksenia had the same experience where I was like just ask for what you want and she like got more than that. That's that's such a great point cuz I have a lot of trouble asking for things. Yeah. Like, I was just thinking about it last night. I never, ever want people to think that I'm, like, using them or, like, totally. ad, like wanting to get ahead in some way. So I just, like, don't ask for anything. And there was someone who knew someone I really wanted to have on the podcast. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to ask because that would be really bad. Mm. And I just, like, don't ask. And then I come home and I'm in bed and I'm like, God, I wish I would have asked, mm. you know? And it's like I just... I don't, I don't ever want people to think I'm like trying to take too much or trying to like mooch or there's not a good word for it, but I just like, I rather, I rather not ask than be, than appear that way. So I think maybe it's just like flipping them being like, look, this is what I really want. Like I, I could, I could use this. And I guess I'm just afraid of, of a no of like how that would make me feel. Right. This is. And also with everything that you do. Yeah you know, what would be helpful to think of it, it's not just for you. Think about oh, all the yeah. people that benefit from you letting it out and letting your work out there. Yeah. You know, you're like a channel that brings this work and by asking someone to be on your podcast, you're doing a service to all your listeners. It's not just for you. Yeah, no way. Thanks, guys. I, when you were speaking... You guys are really good, <laughs> see? But also, okay, I would, you know, uh, I have like a list. Do you want to go first? I mean, I can. I was just gonna say a quote. I'm, I'm quoting Dr. Seuss. I feel like I'm getting one of those massages. <laughs> We're like two people massages for my, this my business and my life. This is a new. This is a new. I've never thought about like co-coaching. You should. But okay, Dr. Seuss, the great, the great spiritual teacher, uh-huh. said, "Those who matter don't mind, oh. and those who mind don't matter." And if I saw, let's say, on Instagram, and you said, "Hey, I'm looking for a new sponsor. I'm looking for a new guest. I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that. I need this. I need that." If I saw you post that, I'd be like, "Cool, Katie needs that." And if I, if I had it, I would tell you. And if I didn't, I'd be like, Double okay. tap. Yeah, whatever. If someone is so offended that you're asking for a sponsor, you're asking for whatever, they can unfollow you. You know what I mean? But yeah. the most people, most people are just going to be like, cool, she's looking for that thing. Mm-hmm. I hope she finds it. Yeah. Um, it's not so much like posting, because I, I don't think I like post about that. I just like, that I like couldn't do. But I think about like just in life like yeah hey could I like have a ride home or hey could I like right. I was always that kid and I like I don't want to mm. ask I'll just I'll figure it out I'll right. walk home I'll I like it. I don't want to mm-hmm. I guess yeah. I gotta flip that you know that's I have always been like that too I come from a culture that's very reserved doesn't express any emotions or Same. feelings yeah. and 
similar to the Midwest. <laughs> I just ask her what they want. And so Eric has really, you know, in all the courses I've done, another one is Path of Love, a retreat in Colorado that honestly, like, was the first big awakening in terms of expressing myself. I just posted yeah. a YouTube video reviewing that. It's really fun. But um, what Eric taught me is, you know, I've watched him. He just always walks around and asks for what he wants. Whether it's a store and it's like a restaurant, like at a restaurant, perfect example. We go into an expensive restaurant, we order brunch, and then I get a really delicious sausage and his is like not as deliciously grilled. It's not as dark, you know, it's just regular. And he'll just ask them over and say, hey, you know, can I have the same sausages as she? And no emotions, no feelings attached. You're yeah. there paying money. Do we They're think it's because he's a dude? And he's... It's, very much so like women That's we awesome. don't feel comfortable with that but now i've been learning i've just asked myself what would eric brief do i go to a restaurant and i just honestly channel him and i'm blown away like when i take the emotion out of it of feeling bad and this and that when we channel that and we project that people see that people pick up on that but when we just come in and we're like okay can i please have that and that and that People are like, oh, sure, 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 you know? And it's not and always going to be a yes, and that's fine, too. It's like, back to your yeah. quote. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just echoing everything you're saying. I'm like, yeah, 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 because Sam, my boyfriend's the same way. Like, we were at a museum, and, and he was like, it's very expensive. He was in grad school, and he, you know, didn't have a lot of money, and they didn't have a student discount posted. And he's like, do you have a student discount? She said no, and he said, will you give me one? <laughs> and she's like, well, we don't have one. He goes, I know, but can I get in for free because I'm in grad school? And the woman kind of sat for three seconds and was like, well, yeah, sure. Yeah, you can. You know, it was so funny. It made me so uncomfortable. It made me so uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable to hear that. And he wasn't, he didn't, he didn't, she could have said no. And yeah. I think, I think, you know, back to the, 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 the sort of feminine space, I think we're, we are very comfortable being in the role of like making everyone else Okay, are you cool? Yeah. Are you cool? Are you comfy? Yeah. And letting let you can ask someone anything, and it's their job. It's their it's their job to stand in their own boundaries and say no. Actually, sorry, we actually can't grill that sausage for you. Or of course we can. And also, again, back to the you're giving them something, especially working in food, right? Like I've had this experience where I go to restaurants. My so my boyfriend's British, and you like don't give feedback in England. You just he says you eat the food and then you bitch about it later. You would <laughs> never. You would never let. He's like you. You go home and you you leave a shitty Yelp review. Review. Where I'm the person that's like, ooh, this tasted weird, or could you do this or that? And it's right. funny, it makes him really uncomfortable. But um, uh, why was I saying that? So it's it's letting it's you're also giving them the gift. If I go to a restaurant and it's icky, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave and be like, don't eat there, it's icky. But if you tell them, hey, my sausage wasn't grilled as good, then they get to give you what you want, and you get to leave being like, that place went above and beyond, and you're gonna tell your friends yeah. to eat there. So it's not it's not all about being self serving. It's about kind of curating that experience. Yeah, a couple of quick things Katie back to your situation is you know with all of that I'm all about going into the uncomfortable and you know breaking the rules of that was actually it's so funny I'm just realizing this but about a year ago I realized I just want to be unconventional and I want to live outside the rules you know breakfast criminals yes yeah. but I was still very much following the rules and so for me I had set this intention I want to be a, a, a like a um, what do you call it with someone who does something for the first time like a pioneer. pioneer. I want to be like a pioneer and I want to be a leader and I want to be unconventional. And now I'm finally understanding what it takes and what it means. It's exactly going against like the flows of social norms of what we know, like are the possible scenarios and just breaking that apart. And it's so funny how it makes everyone around us more present and it makes us actually connect more. So yeah. I talk to people and get as many 
ideas and perspectives of all the different possibilities that are out there. It's not mm-hmm. just what you have in your mind. Yeah. There's what you mm-hmm. don't know that you, there's what you don't know that you don't know. <clears throat> yeah. Um, that's one thing. And then second, you know, I can't even tell you once you make that decision mm-hmm. or any decision really, once you sign up for something like this, energetically something shifts. Yeah. You feel it and you have so much more energy, you create more, you're more productive and you're just more connected to your purpose. And just that, like immediately, I'm, I promise you the day you'll quit if you decide to do that yeah. and that's what serves you, you'll get like an invitation to speak at the biggest festival you've ever yeah. spoken to. That's just how those things work. Yeah. You create space. Mm-hmm. And then last thing is that when, what I did the day that I was going to speak to my boss and say that I'm, I'm leaving, I was so shaky, I was so nervous. I was with them for five years. They're like my family. And so what I did to really encourage me and keep me connected to what I'm creating and what's important to me is I created this really messy list of all the brands I want to work with. I said, I want to do a breakfast for Glossier. I want to fly there. I want to do this. I want to partner with this brand. So I made like a very specific list. And that's what kept me going. I knew that once I'm free from being tied to my desk, I can actually reach out to Glossier yeah. and do breakfast for them. So I ended up doing that like two weeks after I quit oh. my job. You know, I saw Glossier in your bathroom, so you'll appreciate that. This is very this is very helpful. Thank you guys so much. Um, okay, there's a, you're, we're going to have to do this again because there's a million more questions I have. Mm-hmm. But something that I always ask everyone who comes on the show is about... Feminism, And we've been talking about that a little bit right now. And, you know, the difference which, differences between your boyfriend and as women asking for what we want. So how do you each define feminism, your feminism? How do you act it in, in your life? Mm. <clears throat> feminism, it's a hard word for me. Um, there's, there's such a... Um, potential righteousness with it that I sometimes feel a little bit uh, concerned about with myself but I feel like right now politically we all need to be feminists at the same time Um, you know it's kind of like any type of activism it's like who am I to be an activist I'm so privileged you know but Mm -hmm. also we are the people that need to be fighting for what's right yeah Um, so I don't I I guess I'd really have to think on that but my, my first thought is um, the courage to to be in the flow of who you are and to 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 listen to your intuition even if it's unpopular and listen and, and fight for what's right you know um, yeah yeah I love that Cynthia you know my relationship with feminism is the same I've never openly said you know I'm a feminist or anything like that because again I grew up in a culture and it's very much ingrained in me all I knew about feminists is they have hairy armpits and they're masculine and very sadly in Russia that's still all they like in general you know the masses that's what they think feminists are yeah and it's unacceptable in a very matriarchal society patriarchal society like in Russia but you know in the light of everything we're talking about and everything that's going on politically in the world I think it's exactly what we've been talking to about for the past hour it's speaking our truth it's empowering each other, women connecting, um, not holding our opinions back because there's a man in the room who might be, you know, highly ranked or anything like that. It's just women believing in themselves, standing for each other, and knowing that our leadership is needed in the world. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I could also speak to, I've had a couple exchanges with some sort of acquaintances where they've made a sexual joke or comment, and I'm like, 
wow, that was really shitty. That was really shitty what they just said. And I, they're like fine people and they thought they were being funny. And I feel like I have, I mean, I'm like, again, I'm dating a Brit. I'm no stranger to crass humor, but, but giving people feedback and saying, I don't want you to say those things around me. You know, and it, and, and again, not being responsible for their discomfort and not being like, oh, I'm just a bitch or, oh, I'm just whatever. And, and thinking it is our job as women to shape the men around us to be the kind of men that we want them to be towards everyone in the world, not just women. Um, so I personally have had a couple of really challenging situations lately where, especially with my boyfriend who has been like so incredible, like if I weren't already in love with him, I would have fallen in love with him with the way that he handled these things and the way that he spoke with his friends and was like, Hey, the way you talked around my girlfriend was like, not cool. And he went on to say, we have a privilege as men to, to not normalize this kind of sexualized commentary around of women. And like, it's actually not funny. And again, people who were, were joking and all of this. So I don't know. For for me, I'm thinking kind of in a sexual way, and and uh, remarks like that. I've been kind of just standing up for for myself and go Abby and go Sam. It's yeah. not okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So for everyone listening, Abby has to catch a flight, so that's why I'm not doing all of the quick fire questions. But they're gonna come back. We have a we have lots to talk about. So it's yes. fine. But this is something that I know I asked you when you came on the podcast and I've been asking for years. We talk about morning and evening routines and maybe with you guys, more of your like full day routines. And I know it's different every day, but what are maybe the first three things you do when you wake up? Some of, you know, your productivity tips for throughout the day and the last few things you do before you go to bed. How do you wind down and shut down as an entrepreneur at the end of the day? Whoever wants to start. Honestly, I have a lot of things I want to do. And I know they're good for me, but in reality, you know, with my new commitment with editing videos every single day, I've been up until 2 a.m. a lot of nights. Do not repeat that at home. You know, but that's just like the real life of entrepreneur. And what I'm, the conversation I'm having with myself is that it's okay. You know, it's not okay to exhaust my body like I have been in the past two weeks, but it's okay to be kind to myself and be like, okay, I've you know, pushed it too much, and today I'm going to actually go to a spot. Like, this week I got acupuncture and I got massage. So for me, it's sprinkling those things in. Like, now that I've done a bunch of huge events, I know that the day of or after the event, I need to schedule acupuncture mm-hmm. with Paige Barasa because that's what keeps me sane and relaxes my body and gives, you know, opens up my channels, my readings, whatever that is. Um, so it's just, I think for me, it's not like a daily thing. The only daily thing I am committed to like crazy is my 10 minute morning ritual meditation that is completely life-changing mm-hmm. um when i have time in the evenings i will turn off my phone a couple of hours before bed i will read mm-hmm. i will journal on my gratitude but when i don't have time for that i just go to bed and i think about the things i'm grateful for and then also in the mornings i love getting out of bed and dancing mm-hmm. love That's it remember justin bieber dance music. oh my gosh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I love what you just said, and I want to say that a, a big thing that I've been kind of weaving into my coaching and teaching is honoring the, the cyclical nature of things. So especially with clients that are female and especially more type A hustler personalities is to honor our monthly cycle and yearly cycle, which quarterly goals plays into that. But also for me, it's like not, if 
obviously you can't always do this, but not booking crazy big output deadlines when I'm bleeding. Yeah. And so there's a huge part of that for me. And like, I think then creatively, it's not actually that realistic that every single day is going to look identical because when we're ovulating, we're going to be like much more social and creative and have so much to give than like right before we bleed when we're more internal and quiet. So that could be a whole nother podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for me, especially I've been, I've been in Europe, I've been traveling a lot lately. So just really good water, just like chugging so much delicious, clean, filtered water has been like, I've just been really appreciating that. Like a matcha has been few and far between, but at home I usually have like a collagen matcha. Um, Some kind of visioning and intention, whether it's yoga, meditation, journaling, something like this. And then, I mean, yeah, my my days are all varied. Um, But a big thing for me is I have a phone curfew. So from nine to nine, of course, this is not always accurate when I'm traveling and all of this, but nine times out of 10, I, I have set on my phone from nine to nine, I'm in airplane mode. Or, or do not disturb and and phone doesn't go in the bedroom so we have your alarm clock and uh don't do not wake up on my phone is like game changer mm-hmm. and to like be with sam and not be like oh i'm also just gonna look at this one other thing so that's been huge for me it's just yeah. like technology uh curfew and i think yeah. it's also having tools that are your relaxation go-to tools um i'll be really quick with that uh, one of the YouTube videos is five spiritual tools to keep at your desk for success. One. And I need to get that thing. It's, Where do you get that? We'll talk after. It. I'm good in Russia. I don't know. So it's like things we do. We have infrared heating mats. So Eric and I come home and we lay our mats. We lay on them. We put acupressure mat on top. We put some sage essential oils to be blast in the apartment. So it's just like finding things and infusing them into your life and honestly essential oils have been changing my life and rocking my world. Yeah, I'm obsessed with them. I don't work for doTERRA but I should because I like own everything they make. You guys, this is amazing. Unfortunately, Abby has to go so that quickly the name of this podcast is Let It Out, name of my book. When I offer that to you to let it out, what do you still need to let out? What have you been pondering? What's been on your mind lately? Anything that you wished I would have asked you that you wanted to share? Well, obviously, I have the links to all the biz babes, so other than other than your work, like what is anything you want to let out? I don't know. I feel well let out. That was our episode with Abby and Ksenia. I hope you liked it. I hope you liked the very long intro. We will be back next week. And it's funny, next week's episode actually is with Dini, who wrote a column for The Modern Love. Oh, um, we love mom. Yeah, we love it. And actually, that's something I wanted to say, too. So when we first started dating, do you guys listen to Modern Love, the podcast? It's based off of the Modern Love column that's been in the New York Times for years, edited by Dan Jones. And I love the, I think I turned you on to the podcast. Mm-hmm. We've both started listening to this podcast, and they have actors and celebrities read these columns that were written and then they have the actual editor come in and talk about it and the actual person who wrote it and where they are now and Deanie who's our guest next week her essay was featured and she was on the podcast and in the New York Times so we talk about love and dating next week so be excited for that and in the meantime one thing that you and I did when we first started dating we got from this modern love column which is these it's an experiment where they how many questions is it? 27? Something like that. 50? I don't know. It's a bunch of questions. And they're supposed to, if you answer these questions, it's like conversation starters, essentially. You 
they say that it makes you fall in love. 36 questions. 36 questions. You Google 36 questions that lead you to fall in love and you will find it. You'll find it. We did it. It was fun. I was, I was, an, it was another thing I was rationing because I didn't want it to be over. It was 36 questions that took us a year? Yeah, yeah. something like that. <laughs> and but you, it, it worked! It, it, that's right. That's the whole reason, yeah. <laughs> it did. Anyway, okay. Uh, oh, the emoji. That's the last thing we need to say. Uh, it's a lollipop. Because Nick was eating was the eating lollipop. Soccer. Yeah, it's like rainbowy and it's got a oh, stick. Oh, it's so cute. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Um, so tweet that at me, at Nick, at Abby and Ksenia. Oh, Who's the I, sponsor this week? Freshbooks.com. Yeah. Thank you so much, Freshbooks. We are go- so happy and grateful. If you guys want to check out Freshbooks and get organized about your finances, you can get a free, unrestricted 30 days trial by going to freshbooks.com slash let it out and entering let it out in the how did you hear about us section. What do you think about Freshbooks? I love Freshbooks. They're great. I use them, yeah. Yeah. Okay, one other thing that I want to tell you guys about that I almost forgot. If you want to check out the Biz Babes workbook that Abby and Ksenia made and created and is amazing, we have a solution for you. Here it is. (laughs) Had to find it. (laughs) Anyway, this is the really cool thing. I, I actually have this book i love it and you can get 30 dollars off 30 dollars is a lot of money a lot of money 30 dollars off by using the code katie k-a-t-i-e and you can even use this link go to bit.ly slash l-i-o biz babe l-i-o biz babe b-i-z-b-a-b-e and use the code katie for 30 dollars off so thank you so much for coming on the show, you guys. Also, Ksenia has a Skillshare class called Hashtag Mindful, nine lessons she learned about building a brand on Instagram authentically. Anyway, you can get two months free. The link for that is in the show notes and that makes the course free actually. So check that out. Check out their workbook for $30 off using the code Katie. That's it, that's all we got for you. We yep. gotta go to brunch. Some things lollipop. It's the emoji, and we're going to go now. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm.